Hi guys, and welcome to the newest episode of Orca Nerd Podcast. I'd like to quickly touch on that June is actually Orca Awareness Month. If you'd like to know anything more about whales, of course you can um, come to me on Facebook at uh, Orca Nerd Podcast, um, or you can actually look up the hashtag Orca Awareness and look at all the information that has been posted on Facebook recently. Speaking of Facebook, um, I had a question come from a friend on there. And she said, I know that captivity is bad, but why is it bad? Now, it took me a long time to figure out how I was going to make this episode for the podcast. There are so many things I'd like to dive into, um, and it is just so extensive on each individual um, issue for captivity. So this will be a recurring series for this podcast. The main topics we'll be talking about during this series um, is going to be orca mental health, orca aggression towards not only other orcas, but to their trainers and handlers, greed, and medical issues as well. I wanted to introduce you guys with the first four orcas that were um, captured uh, for captivity. Now these four orcas were captured individually. These four orcas are not in correlation with the mass captures off of Washington State in the late 1960s. So let's start off with Wanda. This was in 1961. She was a lone orca near Newport Harbor in California. It was very rare to see a lone orca by itself just hanging out um, near the shore. A crew from Marineland Los Angeles um, decided to capture her to have her be the first orca on exhibit. After many failed attempts, she was caught and trucked to Marineland. She repeatedly swam into her tank walls trying to escape. Two days later, she died from suspected suicide. One thing I'd like to clarify here um, about whales being suspected uh, suicide victims, if you will, Um, orcas breathe air just like we do. Because they're underwater so much, they have to think about coming up to the surface to get a breath of fresh air. Being able to think about your breathing and know when you're supposed to breathe, you can also stop your breathing. Now, unfortunately, we see a lot of this, especially with bottlenose dolphins in captivity as well. I'd like to fast forward three years later to 1964. Uh, Moby Doll is what they called this whale. They originally thought it was a girl. Um, This whale was supposed to be shot and killed for a life-size sculpture for a local aquatic center. Moby Doll was shot and towed back to a small sea pen. Now, Moby Doll lasted a little longer in captivity than what Wanda did. However, Moby Doll did not eat for 55 days. On that 55th day, Moby Doll finally took some fish from the trainer or handler at that point in time. Now, Moby Doll died 33 days later, which was a total of 88 days in captivity. Now, there was no reports of Moby Doll hitting his head against uh, the sea pen or anything like that, but an autopsy showed that, one, Moby Doll was actually a boy, and that he had a skin disease that was due to the low salinity of the harbor waters. Let's move on to 1965 with a whale named Namu. Namu was caught accidentally in gillnets off the coast of Namu, British Columbia. Ted Griffin, the owner of the Seattle Aquarium, bought Namu for $8,000. Now $8,000 is equivalent in 2020 to over $65,000. Needing to move Namu towards Seattle from British Columbia, Ted Griffin and his crew made a movable sea pin that was attached to a boat that was transported 450 miles back to Seattle. While on this journey of 450 miles, there was a pot of orcas that were swimming with Namu as much as they could. Those orcas were presumed to be his mother and his siblings. The entire move took three weeks. Ted Griffin was able to ride on the back of Namu. Now this is something that had not been seen yet for orcas in captivity. And of course, with this new development for orcas, the Seattle Aquarium was booming with new revenue. 
Now, later in 1965, Ted Griffin wanted to get Namu a companion. So they sent out a crew to get a younger orca. They found two orcas, one a mother and one a calf. They shot and killed the mother, and the calf is now known as Shamu. Unlike Namu, Shamu did not like Ted Griffin riding on her back. Ted Griffin would describe her as aggressive. She would always try to flip him off her back and ram him in order to get some distance. Another person you'll be hearing a lot about in this podcast is going to be Don Goldsberry. Now, Don's Goldberry was actually sent by SeaWorld in order to collect Shamu because Ted Griffin was not able to use her anymore in any of his shows because she was so aggressive. Both Griffin and Goldsberry were paid $70,000 for Shamu. Now, the equivalent of $70,000 in 2020 is actually over a half a million dollars. Shamu was actually the very first orca to be put in a plane and flown to a different location. Namu died 11 months into captivity. Namu stopped showing interest in the park guests and also in eating. The day before he died, he was ramming his head into the walls of his sea pen. Let's take a jump back to Shamu. Now, most of you know that SeaWorld has all of its orcas uh, stage named as Shamu. They actually trademark that name. In 1971, Annette Eckes was a SeaWorld secretary that was able to ride on the back of Shamu for a stunt or a commercial. I'm not 110% positive on that. Shamu did the first performance without a hitch. And going back for the second round, Annette gets back onto the orca's back. The first lap around the pool was okay. And then after that, uh, Shamu started to freak out. She was throwing Annette off of her back and ramming her around the pool. Now, at some point in time, Shamu actually grabbed onto um, Annette's leg. I'm not sure how long that endeavor lasted, um, but finally, Annette was actually able to get out of the pool with help from the SeaWorld members. Annette had to get 200 stitches in her leg. Now, there's actually footage on YouTube um, from this horrific incident. Um, I will link that down in the description for you guys to see for yourself. Shamu died later that same year in 1971. Shamu was a stage name for all of the other orcas at SeaWorld. The name does not give any of the other orcas in captivity any individuality. I will put the um, Annette Eckes um, endeavor into the description box below. I will also put um, Moby Doll's skin disease picture um, into the description box as well. And this wraps up the first four episode. I hope you guys got a look into kind of what we'll be talking about with orca captivity. These four in specific have very pronounced issues that will eventually lead us into uh, later topics. If you guys have any questions or are wanting to know something more about specific orca, go ahead and find the Facebook page Orca Nerd Podcast. Let me know in the description if there's an orca you would like to meet. Let me know if there is just a specific topic you would like me to talk about. Just wanted to let you guys know that we are now found um, not only on Pinecast, but we are also found on Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. I hope you guys have a wonderful evening, and we'll chat soon.